Heroes of to episode 275 of Heroes of Handheld World's premium podcast dedicated to handheld gaming. We discuss everything between uh, mobile, Android, iOS. In the past, we've discussed PlayStation Vita, PSP, 3DS, 2DS, the new 2DS. Uh, and more recently, we like to discuss the Nintendo Switch. Anything handheld gaming, we like to talk about it. We're back. It's our first show of 2020. So exciting. It's been a while since we spoke to you, dear listeners. Um, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas and a great New Year and you had a very fruitful festive period with family, friends, food and I hope you also got a lot of great handheld gaming games or devices under your Christmas tree from old St. Nick. Brilliant. So, uh, as I said, we're back. It's our first show of 2020. Uh, It's just me. This evening, uh, I'm Colin. I'm one of your hosts. I'm normally joined by my uh, good pal Chris, who lives in the Pineapple Building in the centre of London town. Unfortunately, he can't be with us this week due to adult stuff, which sucks. But the show must go on, so I'm going to give you a bit of handheld news, let you know what I've been playing this week, uh, a few bits of news, then we're going to get out of here. So it's going to be a nice short episode for you, so uh, a nice bite-sized chunk before we get back into the main bulk of podcasting for 2020, which hopefully should start from next week, but uh, we shall see. Anyway, so... I've got a lot of games I actually want to talk about this week. I've been playing a lot of Vigi games thanks to Christmas and a lot of free time and off work and all that sort of stuff. So before we had our Christmas break, I was talking about a game called My Memory of Us, which came out on PlayStation. Oh, PlayStation, what was about? Came out on Nintendo Switch uh, early in 2019. I'm just going to get the name of the developer for this because I feel I should give them some love. So this was developed by. Uh, well, wow. two, we've got Crunching, Koalas, SP, Zoo, and Juggler Games. Uh, and it came out on Switch, Xbox, uh, Windows, Windows, and PS4. So it's been uh, out on a lot of different consoles, but it came out on Nintendo Switch um, early last year, I believe. Um, I think it was either late 2018 or early 2019 it came out on Switch. And it's a puzzle game. Uh, it's uh, black and white. It's very steampunky. It's like a. It's sort of set in the world uh, in the early um, 19th century, World War Two, um, sort of era. But um, the enemy. Um, uh, it's basically humans versus robots in this world. And it's a really interesting story where it looks back. It's um, narrated by an old man who's looking back on his life when he's reminded of a friend he made back in the war when he was a kid and the adventures they went on, basically different forms of espionage and like going behind the enemy's back and going in enemy lines. It's a really great puzzle game. Um, loads of really great, interesting and really creative modes of um, puzzles in here now it's um it's not a very long game it took me a couple of hours to complete and a lot of a lot of puzzle games I've, i'm not very good when it comes to puzzle games in general because i'm quite uh, not very good at them but i found this game not that cha- it was sort of challenging but it wasn't too hard like the puzzles were quite easy to figure out but they were enjoyable 
I find if puzzle games are too hard and you're struggling to know what to do, it just becomes frustrating and you don't enjoy it. Um, but these puzzle game, these puzzles are quite easy to suss out, and the animation is gorgeous. I mentioned this to Chris um, before Christmas that the animation reminds me. If anyone's seen the TV show, the animated show from uh, the early 2000s called Codename Kids Next Door, it reminds me of that sort of animation with the characters that have very wide heads, like American footballs or rugby balls. Um, but yeah, it's a really great game. It's an emotional story. I did well up a little bit at the end, I will admit. Um, it's really creative in how it's done. Uh, and the unique gameplay aspect is that you go between the two characters. You've got the girl and the boy. And depending on who you play as through the level, sometimes you have to play as a certain character because one of them has been captured or isn't, isn't available. But a lot of the time, you have to use each one's skills to get through a puzzle. Um, so the boy can... Um, blind enemies with a magnifying glass which he shines in light and it blinds people so you can get past uh, and he can also sneak uh, the girl can sprint which is really handy when you're trying to speed through a level after you've um, died a few times uh, so she can uh, run and she's also has a slingshot as well so you can um, hit things from a long way away uh, but it's a really great game it's really cool the art style as I said is fantastic as well uh, and there's a really good message in there as well um, I don't want to say too much about it but um, obviously it's taking a look at uh, you know wars real wars that have happened in the past and um, you know telling it in a creative way really uh, maybe for a younger audience it's actually a really fascinating way of looking at history um, and looking about you know all, all the evil things that happened um, during that time but it is a great game it's emotional it's fun it's um, you know it yeah that's the main thing it's fun it's it's not it's challenging but not too challenging it's not that long um, so I'd definitely recommend giving it a go if you've not. I would say out of all those platforms, the Switch is, I'm obviously going to be biased, but the Nintendo Switch is such a great platform for it because it really works well in the handheld mode on um, Nintendo Switch. So I definitely recommend it. It's called My Memory of Us and it's available on Switch now. So that's one game I've been playing, but I've also been playing a load of other games. Um, over Christmas, um, a family member got the Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo Olympics game. Uh, so we were playing a bit of that over the Christmas period. And that was just ridiculous fun. Um, we were playing the surfing, uh, the triple jump, and um, oh, the, te the badminton as well. It's just... It's, it's it's rubbish. It's a rubbish game, but it's just so ridiculously addictive and fun. The triple jump was so difficult. If you've played um, the Tokyo Olympics game, please let me know what your favourite um, game is, which game mode it is, because I thought the triple jump was challenging. Let me know if you thought any of the others were harder. Oh, we did the Estrian, uh, es whatever it's called, with, with the horse. You know, we've got a horse and you jump over things and stuff like that. Did that one. I won every single one apart from one um, case in the triple jump where I just could not figure out how to do it. It was really annoying. And I kept fouling. It's, it, you foul so often in triple jump, it's ridiculous. So yeah, that's fun. It, it's just stupid fun. If you've played these Olympic uh, Mario and Sonic games before, it's the same thing. But it, it works well on Switch. It's nice and, you know, looks great as well. So... You know, what more can you want? So uh, two other games I've been playing. One of them's an old game, one of them's a new game. So that, and let's quickly uh, let's quickly talk about the older one. So Super Mario Odyssey has been out for a very long time. Uh, I finally, finally, finally got around to playing it. And I understand why people love it so much and all the hype. It's absolutely fantastic. It looks gorgeous. It plays so well. It plays nice homies to the original Super Mario games. Um, it's addictive, it's just so colourful and it's very clever, the different um, the things you have to do the level to find the moons and stuff. Uh, so I think I've got up to the fourth zone so far, the one where it's like a forest. 
and um, I'm having to climb to the top to um, get the moon. And the boss battles are fun as well, and they're getting progressively harder, and I've heard they get a lot more difficult as you get towards the end of the game. Um, but with Mario games, obviously, there's just so much hidden stuff to find and content. It's just, it's just a great game, and just, you can just tell with these Mario games, they're just made with so much love and attention to detail. It's, it's just an absolute pleasure to be able to play it. And um, if you haven't played it already, uh, there's a sale at the moment on the Nintendo Store. They've had a few sales over you know, Black Friday, over Christmas and the New Year now. So um, it's a couple of pound off. I think it might be about £10, £15 off the um, recommended retail price. So if you've not played Super Mario Odyssey before, definitely would recommend that so uh, that's another game so the final game i've been playing now this isn't handheld um at the moment unfortunately but i feel it definitely needed um to be acknowledged and spoken about because uh, everyone's been talking about this game uh, and i got it for christmas as a gift and i'm very glad i did and that is jedi fallen order uh, which is from ea our good friends at ea <clears throat> uh I wasn't um, planning on picking this up or asking for it for Christmas until I saw the reviews and everyone was harking on about how good it is. So um, I was a big fan of the Force Unleashed games that came out must be about 10 years ago now um, with Starkiller, um, with Darth Vader's um, clone um, story. I think that storyline is actually non-canon, if I remember right. I think Disney sort of just dismissed it altogether. But those games were fun. I played the first and second one. The second one wasn't as good as the first, but it was just great being like an overpowered like Jedi slash Sith and like using your force to throw people out the way and your lightsabers and. I remember, this is a spoiler for anyone who's not played Force Unleashed, I think it was the first one where you um, there's a level where you have to bring down, and now I'm going to I'm going to completely annoy the Star Wars fanboys here, but I don't know what the name of the ship is, it's one of the ones that the um, Empire used let me see if I can find the name of it, it's those big triangle ones, the very first Star Wars um, the original Star Wars when it came out the sea, it starts with one flying overhead um, uh, Imperial Star Destroyer, that's what they called. So there's a bit in uh, Force Unleashed where you have to bring down an Imperial Star Destroyer, which is absolutely huge, and that is just bloody fantastic. So this game is great. Anyway, so that is why I wanted to play Jedi Fallen Order. So it um, fits into the storyline after episode three, after the prequels, and before episode four, A New Hope, um, where it's just after the purge, where the Jedis have been wiped out, um, or so they think, and it, you play as a character called Cal, and he, he's, he's basically, I don't want to spoil too much about the story, but he's on a mission to try and bring the Jedis back, basically. Uh, and it's it's a really great game, and a lot of thought and a lot of love has gone into it, and it obviously fits in really well with the Star Wars lore and the Star and the you know the main storyline of the Star Wars world. Um, it's I'm trying to think where to start. There's so much to say about it. There's puzzle elements to it. The combat's really fun. Um, the dart is really well played out, and the um, the motion capture and the acting's really good as well. It's really difficult now. There's four difficulties on it. There's obviously they they give them different names, but it's basically easy, medium, hard, and ridiculous. And I've played it on hard, and you start off once you've done the once you've done the first. Um, planet as it were you get a choice of two planets to go to either Zepho or Daphomir and I decided to go to Daphomir and oh my god I have never been so close to I, I believe this is probably what it's like for Dark Souls players it was absolutely ridiculous and it's not very you know the saves in Fallen Order are quite harsh you, you your, your game gets saved every time you find a space where you can meditate 
And when you meditate, you've you've got the option to um, replenish your health and get your force power back up. But if you do that, that means every enemy in the world respawns again with full life. So it's a big gamble. You can choose to bring your, your health back up, but by doing that, you're going to bring back the enemies as well. And on Daphomir, that was absolutely ridiculous. Oh boy, it was... It was sad. It was very um, frustrating, I will say. I, I almost rage quit a couple of times. I probably spent about three hours on one bit. I just could not get past these enemies. So annoying. Uh, anyway, so it's really fun. The story's great. Um, the puzzle elements are really fun. Um, the the different worlds are really varied. And as you go through the game, you obviously get you can upgrade your skill tree. Uh, and you get more abilities with the force and your lightsaber. And you get more powerful lightsabers. And you've got a little robot companion, BD1 who is just the darn cutest thing, um, and he can do things as well. So, yeah, the more you play, the more upgrades you get, and the easier it gets to beat big enemies. The boss battles are very, very challenging. The, the game is just a hard game. It's it's not an easy one at all. It, it is going to give you a challenge, which is good. I do like games that give you a challenge, um, but you have to be very strategic and really think before you take on enemies. Each one has a weakness um, and strengths, and you have to try and exploit those. But I definitely recommend it if you're a Star Wars fan or you just enjoy, you know, exploration games and role-playing games like that because it is very deep. It's very good. The puzzle elements are good. It reminded me a bit of... I've not played Uncharted, but it reminds me of the Tomb Raider games, uh, Mass Effect, and also Force Unleashed, obviously, as I've said. Um, you know, it's just loads of different game, gameplay elements mixed together and make it uh, a lot of fun. The only issues with it, I would say... I've been playing on Xbox One, I should say, by the way. Um, and what I've found, there is... The only issues I have, there's some slowdown at points. There's some pop-ins. Uh, and also um, frame rate issues as well when loads of enemies appear. And I haven't no I've noticed a few glitches where sometimes enemies will not even appear on screen until you've walked past. And then they'll suddenly spawn. I have this... Um, when I went to the top of this uh, building where all these enemies were supposed to start fighting me, there was three enemies, three um, storm stormtroopers stood at the top, and they were just stood there. And I walked up to them and just killed them without them moving. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they weren't supposed to do that. They're supposed to be attacking me. Uh, and I've had some enemies just pop in randomly from walls and just in front of me when they obviously were supposed to be there. Um, so that's a bit frustrating, but it is a very big game. It's very detailed, but it is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it's... It's just nice to have a really good Star Wars game, which, you know, and the story, you know, it doesn't feel out of place. It feels like you could easily slot into the main um, the main series of films and wouldn't be out of place. Um, yeah, it makes sense. And it's, it's really good. Um, also, mind you, Mass Effect as well. It's got sort of a Mass Effect element to it with the exploration. We've got the Mantis, which is your ship. And, um, you know, the way you choose where you're going to go next is very... Um, reminiscent of Mass Effect 3 in terms of using a um, hologram table to choose your next destination. So yeah, uh, I've been playing those games and uh, yeah, lots of games I've been playing this week and they're all pretty darn good, so that's good. So let's get on to some gaming news. Got three bits of news. Well, five bits really. Um, three of them big-ish, uh, two of them quite small. Uh, let's start with the main one and that uh, we've been speaking about this before, how you know that Nintendo always like to bring out new iterations of their consoles or handheld devices just to um, revamp them and keep the life cycle going for them. They did it with the 2DS and 3DS. There was the new 3DS and the new 2DS and the 2DS XL and all this 
all this stuff. And obviously we've had the um, Nintendo Switch Lite come out last year. And there's been rumours for a while that there'll be a pro Nintendo Switch coming out at some point. Uh, but rumours have been coming out um, about the Nintendo Switch Pro potentially coming out uh, mid-2020. Mass production is going to start early 2020 and release for the middle of uh, this year. And this comes from a Taiwanese website, DigiTimes, who have reported this. Um, there's not really been much information on what the Nintendo Switch Pro model will have in terms of features. But you can imagine it will probably be a slightly bigger screen, better battery life and all that sort of stuff as well. And it would make sense if it's into the Nintendo model into what they usually do. So I wouldn't be surprised if that um, if that happens. But obviously we have to take this with a pinch of salt at the moment just because we don't know anything official. Um, but the rumours are circling um, that we will get the Nintendo Switch Pro uh, at some point in 2020, which, you know, wouldn't make... You know, I'm not, I'm not interested in buying any form of new Switch. I'm very happy with my Switch at the moment. It does what I need it to do. got some great games on there. So, you know, if you've not got a Nintendo Switch... You know, I think it'd be good to know that Nintendo are really sticking with the Switch and aren't already planning their next console. So anything that prolongs the life of the Nintendo Switch is fine by me. Um, but we'll wait and see whether we get any further information on a Switch Pro. Obviously nothing from Nintendo at the moment. So yeah, we just have to take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, at the moment. So, uh, next bit of news is the fact that we are going to be getting a Nintendo Direct on the 9th of January, which is tomorrow, I believe. What is it now? It's the, it's the 8th? Is it the 8th? I'm recording on the 8th? Yes, Wednesday the 8th at the moment. So on Thursday the 9th, typically it's always on the Thursday, uh, we're going to be getting a Nintendo Direct. And it's going to be a Pokemon Direct, actually. So it's all going to be about Pokemon. We don't know what they're going to be talking about, new or old, or any sort of games. I mean, I think there was a article on a German website which mentioned that it's going to be talking about Sword and Shield still. So I don't know if that means new... Um, uh, new content's going to be released, or it's going to be about new games. We don't really know at the moment, but um, they're going to be talking about all things Pokemon. About 20 minutes is going to be, roughly 20 minutes live stream uh, on Thursday, and it's 9.30 um, ET, 6.30 PT. I'm pretty sure it's about um, half past two British time. Let me just see if I can find out what time it is. So let's have a look. So if the timing is 6.30 PT, PT time, so 6.30 in the morning PT time, uh, what is it going to be, it's, that didn't work, let's try, uh, e, I think that's Eastern ET time, hope it doesn't show me a picture of the alien ET, okay, so it's uh, currently 5.54 in the afternoon, so what's that, 4, uh, so 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, that's 5 hours behind, so maybe that would be in the early hours, I think. I'm not too sure. It's some it's some point tomorrow. Some point tomorrow. You can tell my, uh, my knowledge isn't that great on different time zones. So that's coming tomorrow. So um, we'll probably get some Pokemon news, which we'll talk about next week. Once uh, no one cares because it'll be over a week or um, old by then which is a shame. But yeah, that's coming and that's good. You know, more news from Nintendo is always good to hear. Right, so final few bits of news here. So we've got the CES 2020 going on at the moment where all these different um, companies release all bits of tech they're going to be, they potentially want to release. Obviously, a lot of things that's, that's revealed at CES doesn't usually make it to shelves. A lot of it's just like 
concepts and things they want to do. Uh, but something that's come out and been revealed by Alienware has got a lot of people um, sort of interested. Um, a new gaming device that supposedly will play a lot of PC games. And why people are interested is that it's a portable device and it looks a lot like a Nintendo Switch. In fact, the design, it could just be a Nintendo Switch, really, looking at the image here, um, which Alienware uh, posted. So it was officially unveiled yesterday. Uh, we don't know much information at the moment. We know the screen is 8 inches, which is a bit bigger than Nintendo Switch, and they're saying that it's going to play pretty much any PC game on it, and it'll be able to play them well. Uh, which is interesting, you know, there's a lot of PC games and that'd be great on a handheld device, but it does show how um, the Nintendo Switch has potentially changed the gaming landscape, where before the Nintendo Switch, a lot of companies probably would have said that handheld gaming is on the way out and there's just no need to invest in it. Sony is a prime example um, because they pretty much said they're not going to be doing any handheld devices um, for the foreseeable future or ever again. Um, but it's interesting to see that the PC market is looking at the handheld um gaming device market now, which is a really cool actually. Uh, no information on pricing, and in fact it's very, very uh, bare information at the moment. This has obviously come from Dell, um, the company. It's very basic at the moment in terms of the information we have. We don't have much information at all um, because this is just a prototype and there's, they're nowhere near like making this mass production or anything like that. Um, but in terms of price, you can probably expect it to be quite expensive if you know it, everything it claims it can do, it actually does. It's probably not going to be cheap, so uh, yeah, uh, keep that in mind. Uh, and on the subject of CES, we also had a small thing from uh, Sony where they revealed the logo for the PS5. Uh, unsurprisingly, it's just a P, an S, and a 5 in the Sony PlayStation font. So yeah, not... Uh, nothing too exciting there really um but there you go uh so that's pretty much all i've got for you this week you know i mean there's some news about wizards unite harry potter we had the 12 tasks of christmas we had a lot of christmas things in harry potter wizards unite um and we've also got a event at the moment where all foundables that are locked in ice are more appearing more frequently um so that's exciting like new stuff uh, but apart from that you know same old stuff really all good that's pretty much all i've got time for uh so if you've got any thoughts on things i've discussed or if you want to let me know what you got for christmas gaming wise if you played jedi fallen order or you played uh, my memory of us i'd love to hear your thoughts on either of those games so please do drop us an email heroes of handheld at gmail.com you can tweet us at handheld podcast you can find us on facebook you can find us pretty much anywhere you can even find us on our website and that's heroes of handheld.wordpress.com if you go to the contact us section you can send us a message there as well so we'll be back next week same time same place in some form hopefully with chris back but we shall see thank you for listening everybody speak to you very very soon goodbye <laughs>